Don't be learning the fifth sicha for Parshas Vayechi, and this is a Rashi sicha, very fascinating Rashi sicha. It's in Perik Nun Pasik Hey. So the context over here is that Yosef is fulfilling the promise he made to his father that he's going to get him buried in Mitzrayim. So in Pasuk Dala, the Pasuk says that the days of uh, crying have, were finished, and Yosef speaks to the home, that the household of Par, saying, if I, if I found a chain in your eyes, please speak to Pari for me. And what is his request? That that my father made me swear that I, that I am going to die. And therefore, in the cavern, Asher Karisili, well, which means, which I have dug in Eretz Canaan, there you shall bury me. Now I want to go up, bury my father, and then I will return. The Pasuk says the Pari agrees. So what is exactly does the word Asher Karisili mean? He says, my father made me swear saying, and therefore, in the cavern, Asher Karisili, that's where I should be buried. So Rashi, is going to give three translations for this. And in the Sicha, the Rebbe is going to learn in the Pnim that the three translations are three different interpretations. In the Aris, he does give the possibility that there could be one interpretation. It's one interpretation <coughs> or, or possibly two interpretations, and the different translations of the word are just adding additional meaning to uh, the prior interpretation. So if it's one, then the, the, the remaining two explanations are really just adding um, context and adding meaning to the first interpretation. Or if there's two interpretations, then it's the first, the, then the third one is really just adding more details to the second interpretation as, as we will see. So what are the three translations that Rashi brings? So the first one that Rashi brings is Kipshuta. He says, literal, it's the literal translation of, uh, of Kirisi, which means to dig. Like we see, when it talks about in Parshas Mishpatim, the laws of damaging damages, it says when well, a person will dig a pit and someone falls in, some animal or whatever falls in, you have to pay the damages. So Yichra means digging. So according to that, the Pasuk is basically saying that my father made me swear saying that in the kever that he dug, that's where I have to bury Second interpretation, the Medrash, which uh, furthermore fits better according to the Lashon of the Pasuk, it's it means like Asher uh, that I acquired. So we have a rule, whenever Rashi says the word Kamoi, it means take the words of the Pasuk out and put these words in, and it means exactly the same thing. So it's that means that the Pasuk is saying the cover that I bought. How do we know what's the source of this particular translation? Because Kiva says that when I went to the Kraki Ayam, they would call a Mechira Akira. Furthermore, another Medrash is, it's a Lashen of a, a, a pile, which means a Dagar, which in, in Aramaic you translate that as a Dagar, which means a pile, a mound. The Yaakov took all the gold and silver, silver that he got from that he brought from base Lovin and he made a pile. Just take all this gold and silver for your portion in the uh, in in the cave, as explained in the Mar Saita. 
that when ya- then the children came, the Shvatim came to bury Yaakov, Esav was there standing in the cavern. And uh, he wouldn't let them bury Yaakov. So the children said, but you sold your Bechaira, you sold your Bechor to Yaakov. So he says, yes, I sold my Bechor, but I didn't sell my, the, the regular portion what I have. And the way how Rashi translating the Gemara means, he says, I relinquished my right of the Bechor, meaning a Bechor is supposed to get two portions and a regular son just gets one. So he says, I sold, meaning is I relinquished my right of the firstborn. So therefore, I won't get two portions, but I still get one. So since Yaakov already got his portion because Leah is buried in Marsa Machpelah, I would get the second portion as a regular son. According to other portion in the Gemara, uh, they learn more that Esav is saying, I taka sold, I sold, and I transferred over to Yaakov my extra Bechor. So that means Yaakov should be getting two-thirds of the, um, the burials, but the one-third still belongs to me. So therefore, if you want to bury your father there, you still have to pay me for the last third of the cap. So they said, yes, but you, you sold that, your regular portion too. And the, and the Gemara says, how do we know this from? Because it says in the Pasuk, because uh, it says, and the cover which I, uh, which Karisili, which I purchased. And, and meaning is that Yaakov purchased even, even the regular portion that Yaakov would have received from him. Okay, so that's, that's the Rashi with a little bit of background. So we're looking at this Rashi, we're seeing that Rashi gives three interpretations on it. So why does Rashi need to give three translations? And what we're going to do is we're going to look at each shot and ask a question on it or two. And then we'll give the Rebbe's Pirish on that shot. Instead of giving all the questions at once, we'll go through each shot and the questions which are relevant to it and, and the explanation and therefore it'll be a bit easier to uh, follow. So the first shot that Rashi says is Asher Karisili. So we're looking at that. The question is, first of all, why does Rashi quote the, in the Divar Maskal the words Asher and also Li? If he's just translating the word Karisi, which means God, then just have Karisi. Just bring that one word which he wants to translate. Second of all is, why does Rashi bring the Pasuki, Yichri'i? She's bringing a, a Pasuk for Parshas Mishpatim, which is talking about the damages. If we look earlier in Parshas Talvis, it also uses the word Yichru. It says, V'yichru sham avde Yitzchak, be'er. That Yitzchak servants dug Yichru, they dug a be'er. So if Rashi wants to prove that the word um, Yichru or Kira means uh, an expression of digging, he doesn't need to bring it from Parshas Mishpatim. He could have brought it already from, Yitz, from, from, from Yitzchak in Parshas Talvis. And the last question is, since once Rashi is bringing this pasuk ki yichre ish, why does he bring the word, the last word ish? So we have a rule with Rashi, is that Rashi doesn't quote a when he brings a pasuk as a proof for what a particular word means. He doesn't bring the whole pasuk. What he will do is one of two things: either he will just bring one or two words, so you know what pasuk he's referring to. So in this scenario, if that's all he was trying to do, he should have just wrote ki yichra, because there's no other pasuk in the entire Tanakh. That has that formation kiyichra. So if you wrote kiyichra, we already know that's from Pasha Sushpatan. So if that was his purpose, then you don't need the word ish. And if his purpose was that he also wants to add some explanation and proof that what does the word yichra mean? Because just writing kiyichra doesn't tell us really what that means. So he, he should have then brought kiyichra ish bar. That if he wants to explain how we know that the word kiyichra ish means that he dug, so he's adding hezber, then he should, should have brought the word bar. Because Kiyichu Ish doesn't tell us, it can mean a man bought. 
How do you know that means dak? It's only by the last word bar. And Tak and Sirkuk Sisveyad, that Rashi does have the word bar inside of the uh, in the Pasuk. So that would fit according to those Kisveyad, but the main print that we have doesn't have the word bar. So I say it seems like the word ish uh, would be extra. So the Rebbe explains. This is the main, what's bothering Rashi? So besides for the trying to translate the word, what does Kirisi mean? There, there's a much bigger problem, which is why Bechalal does the Pasuk need to bring these words that share Kirisi? They seem extra. Yosef could have just said like this, my father made me swear saying, I'm going to die. And therefore, therefore in the cover, which I have in Eretz Kanan, there you should bear, therefore you should bury me. The words Kirisili doesn't seem to be adding, which I dug in it. Why does that add any context? He's speaking to power or to base power. Why by saying that he dug it or he bought it, how does that add any uh, it, it, more meaning to power? You could have cut out those words and it still would have been the same thing that he had a, basically that Yaakov said that I have a cavern in the land of Canaan. Obviously, uh, he had to have dug it up or somebody dug it up in order for Yaakov to be able to um, be buried or somebody will dig it up. What is the point of saying that, uh, that, that, that he dug it up? Why does that add any context? Just cut out those words. So that's what's bothering Rashi, and that's what he's giving three interpretation, uh, interpretations for. So the first interpretation is he's saying kipshutai. And kipshutai doesn't just mean that kipshutai means that he that that krisi means digging, but it means that Yaakov kipshutai Yaakov dug it up. That when it says in the pasuk that in the kever that I dug myself, it shouldn't be understood as more, uh, you know, this is something that I prepare, like Uncle's translates in in, in the in, in the cover that I prepared for myself. Uh, you know, it doesn't literally mean that he dug, but it means it's prepared to be dug. No, it means literally that Yaakov dug it and he dug it on his own. And therefore, it's telling Pari that there's a certain chashivas to this guy. He's saying, my father, this was something which was important to my father. How do we know this? We know because he, dug, he, 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 he prepared this kever for himself. If it was not important where he would be buried, uh, like actually the Medrash says, by uh, when Yaakov and, uh, Yaakov and Esav were having a conversation, says Yaakov went to Esav, he wanted to buy the extra portion in the Mars Machpela. So the Medrash, which said that the Yaakov took all the gold and silver he got from base Lavan, and he told to Esav, what do you prefer? Do you prefer your extra portion in the Mars Machpelah, or do you prefer all the gold and silver? So Esav replies, is, of course I want the gold and silver. He says, when I die, they'll bury me wherever. Wherever I happen to me, they'll just bury me there. It doesn't matter where I'm buried. So he's saying that from this that Yaakov prepared for himself a cover and dug it up, that shows that it was something which is important to him. So this was in order to, to emphasize, to convince Parah, that Pyro shouldn't think that Yosef just wants a vacation or Yosef planning on running away or leaving. Rather, he's only leaving because this was something which was important to his father. That seems to be a very important part that Pyro didn't want him to leave. So he has to say, no, I have to go to honor my father because this was something which is important. So based on that, we can understand um, why he brings the Pasuk Yifri Ish and not the Pasuk from uh, Yitzchak. And also, why does he add the word Ish in it? When you look at the Pasuk Kiyifre Ish, the word Ish is actually extra because the Pasuk says Kiyiftah Ish Bar, Oy Kiyifre Ish Bar. That when a person will open a pet, meaning will take off the cover of the pet, or when a person will dig a pet. Why does that have to say the word Ish two times? It already said in the beginning of the Pasuk that a man will open a pet. And then it says again, and a man, or a man will open, will dig up a, a pet. 
The word ish a second time seems extra because already said at the beginning of the Pasik it's an ish. And furthermore, the, the truth is, the halacha is, it doesn't have to be an ish. It could be a woman, it could be anybody. It doesn't have to be an ish that opens it, even a woman. So why, why are you emphasizing two times that it's ish? Regarding the first time the Pasik says ish, it's because an ish is, is to the might, uh, not a child. So we have that many times. It says ish, so this is a relevant ticket. But why say, tell us a second time that it's an ish? Elamai. The reasoning is because the Pasik is telling us that a pit is something, it, the, the Pasik is telling us how this usually occurs. It says, when the Torah, especially in the Lachas of Mishpatim, when it tells you all the different cases, scenarios, the Pasik tells you how each type of damage usually occurs. For example, it talks about uh, ox's gore. So it doesn't have to be an ox going another ox. It could be, uh, it could be any animals. It could be a, a it could be a horse which, which, which kicks another horse. Why is it talked about uh, oxes which are goring? It's because it usually happens with ox. So same thing over here. It didn't need a Saint Ish because it really applies to anybody. But the reason why the Pasik's emphasizing that it's an Ish because this is the usual type of case. And that's how the Torah talks, when it talks about these damages, is the Torah is going to give you the more usual case. Therefore, it adds the word Ish to tell you this is when it usually occurs. But why does it usually occur with an Ish? The reasoning is because to dig a pit is, it needs a lot of kayach. You can't have a child digging a pit. It needs somebody who's an ish, meaning someone that has strength and, and the capabilities to be able to get this particular job done. As we find that the word ish always is, uh, uh, emphasizes the idea of power. It doesn't just mean a man. Ish is trying to show someone who's chashiv, someone who has a chashiva, someone who has a certain importance or a certain strength. Like we find by Nayef, it calls him ish ha'adama which the Rashi tells us he was the master of the land. He was an expert um, to agriculture and creating these different tools. So Isha Dhamma means he was an expert. Um, we also have by when Moshe sees the two Yidin fighting, it says, uh, they, they, they say to him, who, who made you the Ish upon us? So we see that the expression of the Ish is something like an Adam Chashev, an important person, someone who has a certain level of power and authority. So therefore, when the Pasik is telling us, the second time, because this is usually what happens. You meet someone who has authority just and power, the more important part of it is not the authority, but the power to be able to dig a pit. It actually tells us in the Medrash that it says that, um, there it brings the R, that by Yitzchak, he was considered a Giber Chayel. He says, how do we know that Yitzchak was a powerful individual? Because it tells us in Parshat Tehold, about so many pits that he dug. Again, so we see the idea of digging pits that shows on a Kayach. So therefore, Rashi brings this pasuk ish, because it's again it's emphasizing that this is something which takes a lot of um, this is something which takes a lot of effort. You need, you need an ish to be able to dig the pit. So this that my father dug it and he dug it personally, it, it's it's and that which takes a lot of exertion and energy. That's because this is something which is important for him, and that's of course why he doesn't bring the pasuk by. And Parshas told us about that that the avda yitzchak dug wells. Because A, over there, it's talking about the slaves. So it wasn't Yitzchak doing it. It was the slaves that are doing it for him. And, and more importantly, it's because over there it doesn't use the expression ish. We're trying to show that it, you need an ish to dig a pit. By saying the Abde Yitzchak dug the pit, it doesn't show that you need a certain uh, uh, level of koyach and strength to be able to accomplish this task. So that is the first explanation of Rashi. But the problem with it is, why would it... It, it seems, he says, like, it's, it doesn't make sense logically. A person's going to dig his kever many years before he passes away. We know that Yaakov was in Mitzrayim for the last 17 years of his life. So that means if he dug this pit himself, that means he must have dug it 
over 17 years earlier, which, which is very, very strange. The Radak actually learns it that way. Radak, when translates the Pasuk, he says, it means dig. And he says, that you're talking, he must have dug it many while he was still alive. But it seems very strange, Mikra, that um, Yaakov would have dug a pit uh, so many years earlier. In fact, Rebbe brings in the Ara that we know that a person should be doyeg. It, 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 it says that a person should be doyeg five years before one of his, one of his parents passed away. So if his parents passed away in a certain year, you should be worried that maybe you'll pass away either up to five years earlier or five years after. So Rivka passed away when, when Yitzhak, um, when Rivka passed away at the age of 123. The Rebbe gives the Cheshman the Ara how we know that. The basic idea was that um, Rivka gave birth to Yaakov when she was 23. She got married at three and, and it took her 20 years to have a child. Uh, so she only had him at 23, at 23, 24, at some time that during that age. And we know that he, according to the Cheshman, Yaakov was 99 years old when he, when he was on his way back, when he was coming back to Eretz Yisrael, when, when, she got, when she would have passed away. So that means she would have been 122, 123 years, depending exactly when it was. So she was for 123 years old. So that means Yaakov would have had to have been worried that maybe he'll pass away from the age of 118, the year of 128. So maybe you'll say that as during that period of time, you know, from 118 to 128, that's when he dug this pit because you have to be worried that your parent, that you might pass away. So he says, first of all, this, that, so doesn't like that. He says, first of all, this, that you're worried, that's more, you know, taking care of your affairs, I guess, doing truba, taking care of your affairs. Like you see by Yitzchak, he gave a bracha to his kids. But doesn't, like, well, but why would you bear, Digging a cover is not one of those things that you would do just because there's a, there's a worry that you might pass away. It's strange. We don't find that people do that. And he says, the main point is, Yaakov didn't think he was going to pass away at such a young age. He said to Par that, that he should have lived, uh, he should have lived like the years of his father. Like his implication was that he should have lived the same age of his father's, which would have been 175 or 180 years old. So to say that he dug it at the age of, let's say, 123, uh, so over 50 years earlier than he, or 55, 50, almost 60 years earlier that he thought he would pass away, seems a bit, uh, uh, a bit of a stretch. That's one problem. The other problem is the word li in the Pasuk seems extra. Once you say that the words asher, the sherkarisi means that I dug. So what does it mean? I dug, I, I, the, the, my kever, my which I dug for me, in the land of Canaan, there you shall bury me. Why does that the word the word li? It seems obviously that the, my kever, which I dug, that's where you should bury me. Obviously, that you, you dug it for yourself. So why does he have to add the word li? It seems completely extra. That's also why the reason why Rashi brings in the Dibra Masko, uh li. It's to tell you that that's part of the part of the question is what does this li mean that he did it for myself? Recently, that I dug it for myself. You mean you dug it for yourself? So therefore, Rashi moves on to the second interpretation. So the second interpretation, as we said, was that it means I acquired. So the problem with this pshat is, so first of all, let's discuss the Maila. So the Maila of this pshat is that Rashi is basically saying that what's the cheshivas? The cheshivas is that he bought, he bought it. He, he spent money on this particular piece of land. And as we know, Already from Avram Avinu, he bought the Mars Machpelah. And when Yaakov bought the, his, his portion in Shechem, they spent a lot of money. It says that Yaakov, Avram used Kesef Male. It says that Yaakov was Meaksita, which Rashi translates as Kurfan, like uh, money which is very easy to use for transactions. 
They spent, when the, when the others bought things in Eretz Yisrael, they always used Kesef Mali. They, they, they used, they, they paid full price. It was something which was important to them that it shows that it was their ownership. So what Yosef is basically telling is that my father bought it. The says that he used a lot of money to spend on this because this was something which was important to him. And therefore, So what? So let's. So how does that take care of the issue of li? What about with the extra word li? So you look at Rashi. Rashi tells us According to the Medrash, it fits according to the lashon, meaning according to the first interpretation, the word li doesn't fit so well. But according to the Medrash, it does fit very well. It's even the word li. And the pshat, the hakdim with one question that lachayra. He brings a proof that the word Kirisili means Asher Kinesi. He brings that from Rabbi Akiva. He says that Rabbi Akiva says, I went to the Krakai, yeah, my parent Lemfir Akira. So the question is, it seems like a, it's a contradiction. Rashi is saying that the word means acquiring, and then he brings a proof from Rabbi Akiva that it actually means selling. So He's bringing a proof that actually contradicts what he's trying to say. And the word selling wouldn't make sense in our process. Which I sold for me, he sold it, then it's not his kever. Obviously, it means acquired. So why would Rashi be bringing a proof which is hepech of what he's trying to say? Furthermore, there's actually a few times in Tyra where we already have this word of um, karisi. And we know for sure it means it, it means buying. Like we find in, in Dvar and Perk, Gimel uh, Pasuk Beis. That it tells us that when um, Moshe Rabbeinu was telling the Jewish people that when they passed by Edom, he told them that they, they asked permission to pass through the land, and he says that we'll even buy water and buy, uh, we'll buy even buy we'll buy food and we'll buy water from you. It says that even water we will buy from you with money and we'll drink. So we have a pasuk in the Torah that tifu clearly means buying. Also, if you look at Hashem. Says that I will hire her for myself. I'll hire her for fifteen coins of silver. So again, over there, it's talking about hiring a zaina. So therefore, so therefore, it also means digging. So why does Rashi have to tell it, bring us um, from Rabbi Kiva that when he went to the Krakayim, they're calling it uh, a mechirakir? Why don't you just bring it from from the Psukim? Furthermore, why B'chalal is this even a medrash? It says this is a medrash which fits according to the Lashon. That Kirisi means Kinesi. How could you say this is a medrash? There's Psukim in the Torah that you translate it Kirisi as Kira. So it's not a medrashic interpretation that Kirisi means to buy. That's Pshutisha Mikra. We find other Psukim that uses that translation. Especially we even have, furthermore, Rabbi Kiva himself says that th- this is a, a, an expression that people used even in his day for selling. That kira means selling, even in, by the Krakaya, yeah, meaning is it obviously has a, a historical uh, significance that kira means selling. And, and we have other places in the Torah where Rashi has words that aren't directly Hebrew, and he tells us that, uh, for example, it says by the Tefillin, says Toitafais, he says Tat, where does that word come from? He says Tat in Kaspi means Stein, and Fois uh, in Afriki means Stein, which means because there's four houses, the four bottom of the Tefillin. So he brings other places in the Torah where we find that since that these were lashonis uh, that they use, um, therefore the Torah would also use it. That means it's, it's a regular word. 
which which origin is not from Lashon Hakodesh. And Rashi doesn't say over there. It's a midrashic shot to say uh, that Tosafos comes from these this other Lashon. Or by Meich Sita by Yaakov and Yivat Shem, says Sita. Rashi says because in Krakei Ayam they called the Ma'a was called a Sita. He doesn't say that this is a midrashic interpretation. The reason not it, it is because this is a, a word that people use. Um, th- that is a literal translation of the word that people even use uh, in other languages or um, even in his day. So how could you say that this is a medrash? Mechlaw, why does he have to bring for Rebbe Kiva? He says, when I went to the Krakayam, they would call him Mechir Kira. Why bring that? Rebbe Kiva said that I went to the Krakayam. Why did he just bring that in the, that, that in the Krakayam? Oh, sorry. Why did he just bring that, uh, that we find that Kira means Mechira? Kedi'isa Barosh Hashanah. I don't really have to bring that, Rabbi Kiva said, I went to the Krakayam. Not just bring that. We find in Chazal, uh, we find in Chazal that Kira means uh, a Mechira. As we see in Masachas Rosh Hashanah, why bring in the whole story of ha- what happened and how are you to figure out what the word means? That's not really the Derech of Rashi. Elamai, what, what's Rashi coming to tell us? Rashi's telling us that the actual translation of the word, that it means acquisition, that's not a medrash. But what's going to be a medrash is the way how we're going to utilize the word in our context, as we shall see. So let's focus on this idea that it seems like there's a contradiction. Is Rashi trying to prove that the word Kirisi means Kenisi. Why does he bring Rabbi Akiva that is basically saying that it means a Mechira? It doesn't mean acquiring, it doesn't mean selling. So the answer is that Rashi is bothered with this issue. That the word Kira, if you look at other places in Tanakh, basically Hashem and Dvarim, you could translate it in two ways, just from the context there. You could translate the word Kira means to take. It just means taking. It could be taking because of Yerusha, because you inherited something, so you're taking it as an inheritance. Uh, you're taking something which is Hefker. It doesn't need to mean an acquisition with money. And if you look at the other places in the Torah, you'll see that. When it says by Dvarm, it says, itam The Torah has to tell you it was with Kesef. You will buy it with silver. Which will imply that if it didn't say Bekesef, you might have translated, if it was itam, mitam, that uh, we will take it from you. It says, it means that it was with silver. So taking on its own without telling us with the silver, could it mean that they would take it from them? But when you add the word bekesef, then we know, oh, how is he going to take it? He's going to take it in a way of an acquisition. But tifu doesn't need to be an acquisition. It could be an acquisition, or it could just mean taking regularly. Also in the case of Hashem, if it didn't say with kesef, it says that they bought, she, she hired her for 15 kesef, or he bought her for 15 kesef, or acquired her. So it could have, it could have meant, if it, he, he would take her. He would take this Zaina. But since the Pasik says that he was taking her with money, we understand that he hired her. He wasn't just coming upon this woman. It, it was an acquisition, a rental for the night. So therefore, that's why Rashi couldn't bring those places because that, that could have just meant that he was taking. And unless the Torah specifically says that it was with Kesef, then we wouldn't know that it was with an acquisition. So therefore, he brings from Rabbi Kiva. What Rabbi Kiva is telling us is that when we went to the Krakayam, they would call it a Kira, Mechira, what, he's saying that a mechira, what is that? That's that's a sale. A sale is always between two buyers. So there's a buyer and a seller. A person, one person's giving money, and the other person is getting the property. So what Rebbe is saying is that they they called the mechira here. Why would they do that? Because here means a shinibushus, an acquisition of two people, of one person, each one giving the other one something. So therefore, in the krakayam, they would call the mechira here because 
that is what a mechir is. A mechir is uh, between two people. But El Chinami, also acquiring something you would call a kira. The, so the person selling it would be a sale. The person buying it, which was buying, would also be called the kira, because an akira just really means that there's two people involved in this uh, transaction. And this actually fits very well. If you look at Rashi, let's say, especially in Hesheya, when Rashi, you know, Hesheya translates the word akirali, he says it's a lashon mischar, which he says in French, it means a bargain, because in Krakiyam, they call the kira mechira. He's saying is it's a lashon mischar. It, it, it means it's an expression of, of business. It's a business expression. Why? Because it doesn't mean specifically buy or uh, take or buy or No, it means the general idea of a transaction between two people. Also in the barn, Rashi says it's a lashon mekach. He doesn't say it's a mechira or a likich. It's, it's, it's an expression of acquisitions. Why? Because by an acquisition, you have two people that are involved. So also over here, when Mekiva says that a mechira, he, he doesn't necessarily mean that it was a, the, the sale, that the one selling it is called the kira. No, he means that the idea of mechira, the idea of selling something with, when there's two people involved, that's what they would call a kira. So that's why he had to bring Dafke Rebbe Akiva, uh, Dafke Rebbe Akiva, that they went to the Krakayam, they would call him a mechira kira, not those other psukha. And that's also why the Pasuk needs to say li, asher karisi li. Since karisi could mean buying or selling, so how do you know that karisi means, uh, you know, uh, if the Pasuk's using it, how do you know if it, 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 if it means in the Pasuk, or not our Pasuk specifically, but let's say a general Pasuk used the words karisi, how do you know if that individual is the one that, uh, it says karisi li sada. How do you know that that person sold the field? Or the, he's the guy that bought the, or bought the field. So the way how we know could be because of context. If it doesn't make sense that he sold it or it doesn't make sense that he bought it, you can figure it out. Or it's because the Pasik adds the word li. The person buying the property is called kurisi li. I was the one that bought it for myself. When you're selling something, you're the one getting the money. So it's not going to you, the property. So the kever or the field is not going to you. It's going to the other person. So we're saying that the kever, which I... Karisi, for me, it means the field that you bought for yourself or the kever which you bought for yourself. So the word li is telling us that if you were the one that was purchasing it. In Akhinami, in our Pasuk, it's, it's clear from the context that Yaakov was the one uh, buying and not selling. Even if it didn't say li, we know he would be the one buying. But in Lashna Kaidish, that's how you use the word karati. That's what I think the, what, the, what Rashi's trying to tell us, karisi. How do we use this expression, when it's referring to the buyer, he says Kurisi Li, when it's referring to the seller, it wouldn't say the word Li. So in our process, it says Kurisi Li, because we're referring to the, uh, the buyer. Even though in Akinami, we could have figured it out, but that's how Lashon especially the Chomish works. It, it says things, uh, how, how, it's, how, how it's supposed to be said. And this is, the, this is how this particular expression is used. Uh, but, but when you look at Rashi himself, he says, Kamoya Kenisi. So that you could ask, why he's bringing the word asher and he's bringing the word kinesi why does he also bring the word li once you're bringing asher and kinesi is the translation of kinesi also bring li so you know either you just bring kinesi and cut out asher or bring asher kinesi bring both but the reasoning is because once you have the word kinesi then you know what it's referring to it's of course it's for yourself you're the one acquiring it if it says kinesi we don't know if it's you're the one buying or selling because it can mean buying or selling. But once you use the word kinesi, kinesi always means buying. So therefore, Rashi doesn't need to add the word li, because that would be something which is uh, pashat uh, in the Pasuk. And that's again, explains, oh, so why is this a, so why is this a medrash? 
The reason why this is a medrash is, is because why, why is it, why from this that Yaakov's buying the, 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 the bought the kever, does that show um, a chashivas miyuchadis? So you said earlier it's because, you know, whenever the Aves bought something in Eretz Yisrael, they always spent a lot of money. So that showed on the chashivas of something in Eretz Yisrael, that they, they held it in high esteem, that if they bought something in Eretz Yisrael, it had to belong to them 100%. But the Pashas, Pari didn't know about that. So Yosef telling him that he bought it, he's like, okay, everyone buys a kever. Pari doesn't know that he's spending a lot of money because he doesn't know what happened by, uh, by, by Marisa Machela or, or by Shechem. The Pashas, he doesn't know. So, so what, how would this be convincing Pari? So therefore, Ashi, Ashi adds the words that Shechem b'Krachei Hayam. Krachei Hayam is the place that's by, by the sea. That's where business is done, especially in, even nowadays, especially in the days where they didn't have planes and trains. It was a seafaring community, Eretz Israel, by the Mediterranean. It was a lot of shipping going on. So the Krachei Hayam was where the, the, the merchants were. So if the Krachei Hayam, they would call a Mechir Kira, it's talking about a type of mechira which is being done in that in those cities. What type of is done in these metropolis, these busy merchant cities? They're large transactions. They're important transactions. So therefore, they had they had a word for it. They called it a kira. So if someone said they're doing a kira, is understood that this was a, a a large business transaction, not just that you went to buy a dozen eggs. This this was a big purchase. So therefore, by Yosef using the word karisi. He's trying to tell Pirate that this was a large purchase. This was a large purchase of something which was important, that he spent a lot of money, and it was something which was very uh, important to him. And that's why he brings from the Krake Hayam. It was important to bring that handshift, that it was the Krake Hayam. They would keep saying that I went to the Krake, and that's what they're calling it. Meaning, is this something of a pearl which was being done? That's how they um, used this word to mean uh, large and important transactions. But Rashi's not completely satisfied with this particular shot, because there's a few issues with it. The issue is, is that Pari, we just said in the Krakai, yeah, and they call any important uh, king in um, uh, Kira. So it's true, what Yosef is basically telling Pari is that this is an important, was important Kenyan. But it doesn't show on any hashivas v'yuchadis. Say any, any important one. So why is this like so important that you need to go and your father would make you swear? It's like any other a big transaction which you have to pay money for. Yes, you have to spend money and it's a large transaction and you large, large, large amounts of money. But this is not something which is out, out of the ordinary. So, so since it's not out of the ordinary, why would that convince power? There's many purchases, especially Pari and Mitzrayim. This is a large uh, city with lots of merchants. There's large, large kinyanim happening all the time. So this wouldn't have been something which was so chashat to power. They're like, oh, you spent a lot of money on it. There's a big purchase for sure. It's in, you, you need to go. It, it would have been something which was much more common. So therefore, would not necessarily have convinced them. Therefore, Rashi has to bring the Oid Midrashai that it's a lush and creed, it's a pile that took all the gold and silver from that he brought from base law, and he made a pile and said to Asaf, take this for your portion in the cave. Meaning is that he says he's taking all the gold and silver. You know how rich he was when he left the house of Lavin. So by telling Parai, when he says Kirisi Li, he's saying Kirisi is a lushan of a Kiri, it's a lushan of a pile. He's saying, yeah, this wasn't just a large purchase. This was so important that he took all the gold and silver that he received from base Lavin and he um, and, he, and he bought this cover for him. 
So then it's understood that this is something which is remarkable. It's not just a large merchant, it's something which is qu quite amazing. That's why the Rebbe says that Ulai, that this third shot is not even a third shot. It, you could it translate it as really just an explanation of the second shot. Meaning is that why does the Torah use the expression of Kurisili? Because the Chayra, you could have just said uh, Kinisi. So we answered Kurisi because it's a, it's a large, important, uh, important one. But there's another point which is involved over here, that it's not just that it was another, it was, it was an important transaction, but it was a transaction which was like a Kri. So the re, what Rashi is telling us is that Kurisi means a transaction, but the reason why the Torah uses that particular word there's a further idea in it. The further idea is because it also comes from expression of a kri, which means a pile. And therefore, he was telling Pari, he, he basically gave all his gold and silver from base Lovin in order to buy, uh, to buy this cavern. And the truth is, if you look at the Medrash itself, I think the Bereshis Rabbah, the Bereshis Rabbah says this clearly. He says, Bereshis Rabbah says, why doesn't it just use the form of a lakifa that he bought it? Why, does it? why do you have to use the word krisi? Because... And the, med the Medrash says it because it was, he didn't just buy it, but rather he gave all his gold, he put all his gold and silver into a pile. So the Medrash is actually saying, how do we know that it means a pile? It's because it can't just mean a regular purchase. It has to be something which is much more. So who, who did here? So Rashi's saying that part of the reason why he uses Kurisi is to tell us that it was, it was uh, all the gold and silver. Uh, and, and the Rebbe brings in Ha'ara that this also, there's a further point why Yosef pulled this to Pare, which was also to tell him, since it was from base Lovin. First of all, he's medaik that was from base lavin. Why is he medaik that's from base lavin? Of course, I was trying to say how much. One reason is trying to tell him how much gold and silver there was. But furthermore, he was trying to sell him that it was all the gold and silver that he got from base lavin, meaning it's what he got when he was outside of Eretz Yisrael. But the gold and silver that he had when he was in Eretz Yisrael, he didn't use. Why? Because Eretz Yisrael was so important to him. So all the gold and silver that he got outside of Eretz Yisrael wasn't important to him, legabe, a piece of land in Eretz Yisrael. So chutzlars, all the gold and silver he got in the chutzlars was not chashev to him as, to, as one small piece of land that she's going to be buried in would have been important to him. And that would also tell Pare that you shouldn't be insulted. That it's not because Mitzrayim is not, is not chashev and something's wrong with Mitzrayim. No, it's because of the importance of Eretz Yisrael. It's so important in Eretz Yisrael, it's more important than any place which is outside of it. Therefore, it's, it's, just, it's because of the importance of Eretz Yisrael he wants to be buried there, not because Mitzrayim is not a, a, a good place. So that explains, um, but of course, it, it's a medrash. It's a, you know, this that it's Kirisi, the Lushan of Kri is not the simple interpretation uh, of the word Kirisi. That's a medrashic shot. Kirisi either means buying or digging. Kirisi, to take it and to say that Kirisi comes from the Shreyush of Kri is, is not the Pashat shot. And also just this idea that, he, that this was what Yosef was telling him, that when Yosef said, Asher Kirisi Li, there was also a conversation that went there that the Pasik's not telling us. He said, Asher Kirisi Li, and Yosef was added, but it's just not mentioned in the Pasik, that, that Kirisi leaves that, uh, that, he, that he took all the gold and silver, put it in the pile, and bought this piece of land. So it's, it's not clear in the Pasik. Therefore, um, it's a Medrash. So Al Pizah, we can understand why there's we, three shot in the order that the Rebbe gave. The first shot he brings is this Kipshutai, the most simple interpretation, which fits according to the translation of the word and also according to the that it's again showing that it's something which is important to Yaakov. He himself dug. That shows that's important. He dug it. Someone's digging a kever that shows that he really wants to be buried there, especially if he's, you know, many years before he passed away. Um, so that's the first one. The second one is uh, uh, that he bought, which as we said is a regular translation, and the Medrashic shot would be is it's 
the midrashic is that the reason why the pasuk uses this word it's because in the krakayam this expresses an, an important type of transaction so that's not mukher from the pasuk that that's why yosef said this word is because in the krakayam this was something which was, this is how this particular word was used so that's the way I would, the context that's being used and that's what yosef meant that's not mukher from the pasuk therefore it's the second one also again it doesn't show on the level of kashivas and the importance of Yaakov uh, wanted to be buried in Eretz Yisrael because you bought it, because you bought it, and, and, you know, for a large sum of money. It doesn't show the same level of Hashivas because many things are bought with a lot of money. And then finally, we have the third shot, which fits very well inside the Indian of why it was so important to Yaakov. That's the best one. It gave all his gold and silver. But it's the one that doesn't fit very well on the Lashon of the Pasuk because Kirisi doesn't mean a Kri. Either Kirisi, Al-Pipshut Shemikra. It's more of a drashic type of remnant that the word would mean Kri. Therefore, it would be the third track because it's not, doesn't fit into the Lashon of the Pasuk. So now what we're going to do is, that's the Sicha, we're going to do some of the Aris um, that the Rebbe has, some interesting ones now. Okay, so the first Aris we're going to do is, Aris, um We'll do eight. It says eight. The chay mashmul l'shayne ve'ed midrashish any l'shayne ravel kolkach berashi. So he wrote in the pin that we could say that it's not three different interpretations, but rather it's two interpretations. We have the first one that means digging. The second one means a purchase. And when he says ve'oid, the midrash says it's a l'shayne kri. That's not a third shot. It's rather giving further midrash explaining why he used Kirisi at a Kenyan. Instead of saying Kenisi, he says Kirisi, that A, because it, that's in the Krakayim, they, they use it for an important one. But Oyed, according to the Medrash, it also had a hint of Kri. So Chei Mashma, he says, this, this interpretation that it's really only two Pshatim, Chei Mashma, Shani V'Oyed Midrash, Shani Lashen, Arogel Kalkach Barashi. Look in Pashas Variation, it says V'Oyed Midrash Pai. Meaning is that V'Oyed Midrash is not a Lashen that he usually uses. So usually when Rashi quotes a Medrash, it's another interpretation. Over here, he's saying oid medrashai. He's trying to say, furthermore, in the medrash, it uses this word as a pile, and it, mean, it means the whole thing that we discussed. So oid bezoy, the oid medrashai would be. You could say that it means that. Furthermore, why does he use this word lushin, which can mean an acquisition? It's because it also means an acquisition in the form of a pile. Oid yishleimar, the lapirsh rashi gam pirsh abeish and medrashai in a shol pirsh kipshuta shi'in nechfira alamoisa pirsh alam. He says ulai. He says even the second shot. When he says midrasha oid misyasha balashan is not being shayl of the first shot, which means a chafira, rather it's adding interpretation to the first one. And that would fit the expression. It says midrasha oid misyasha balashan again, which is like it, it's, it, it's not so clear that it's another shot. It doesn't say davar acher. It says midrasha oid, and the midrash is furthermore it fits as a corn to balashan because it also means a kenyan. So that means it means buying and it means a kenyan. So why does the Pasuk use it? Because it's telling us both things. It uses the expression Kirisi because it means Yaakov dug it. It also means that he paid a lot of money for it. And it also means that how much money did it pay? It was the, a pile of gold and silver. So, so, so it could, could it really fit with all of those ideas and it's really one shot. And then he says, three star. So if you go to three star, he says, Rashi, meaning is that it, um, that it just says midrasha eid misyashiv al lashen kolu for sushi and mesheni ubekam ekam kisviyad rashi ubeachem kisviyad rashi 
Another one is that it's a Dover Acher, another interpretation. So according to this Xaviad, it's two, you could say that it would be two interpretations. You can't, it's impossible to say it's one because Rashi says clearly Dover Acher. So according to this one, you'd have to say that it would be two Purushim. It means Hafira or Kimia Kinyan, um, and it could be two, or again, even according to this one, of course, it could also be three. Uh, he says, Lahar from five star, Lahar Dalpi Kisar, he read Rashi and Allah, are three star, according to that Ksaviyad where it says Dabra Acher, it doesn't say that it's a Medrash. It doesn't say it's a Medrash, it says Dabra Acher that Rabbi Kiva would, would say. When I went to the Krakayam, this is what happened. It doesn't say that it's a Medrash. Raka Pirsha Gimel is Lashon Kri, who Midrashay. Masha Enkim Pirsha Beis, Ain Adrash Kim Dabra Acher Pipshutai. So that means that according to the second Pirish, that could also be Pshat. So if you remember, one of the questions we have is, why is Rashi calling this a medrash if we know that many times in the Torah it uses the word karisi as a kinyan? So we gave a whole shot that it's not the actual word that he's saying it's a medrash, it's the context that how it's being used in, in our, our scenario. But according to this other ksaviyad, where it's calls it a davarachar, you don't have to come onto that whole explanation because the medrash, Rashi's talking not calling it a, a medrash, a medrash shot. Okay, so the next one we want to do is... Um, Power 20. So on RF 20, we had a question. One of the questions is that Rashi brings a proof that Karisi means a Kenyan because Rabbi Kiva said, when I went to the Krakayam, they would call a Kira Kenyan. So the Rebbe asks, we have Peferish of Sukkim from Hashaya and Dvar, that Tichu means buying. So why would you bring from Rabbi Akiva just bring the Psukim? So R 20, Pirish Rashi, Saitashan, Divermas of Enkir, Kumayi, Echer, Eli, so in the Gemara and Saita, which we quoted earlier, um, the Gemara over there said that they, that that when Yaakov, when Asa says that you sold that, true, I sold the Bechor, but did I sell my regular portion? The answer back yes, because it says in the it says Asher Karisili, and in the Krakayam, uh, the Karisili means here it's an expression of a sale. So clearly he, he, he's telling him that you did sell. It. So Rashi says over there, it gives an example. What's an example of where we see that Ephra is used also as a sale? That I bought it, I bought her, I rented her, acquired her for 15 kasif. So Rashi over there, he gives an example. So the Gemara is telling us, we know it from the Krakayim. And then Rashi said, gives an example, like you see somewhere else. So the Marsha asks, why is Rashi giving this Pasuk? Our Gemara is the source of how we know what this word means. From the Pasuk Haishir, we don't know what the word means. It's only because we know from the Krakayim what the word means. That's how we know the translation. So you're just bringing an example, but you're not actually bringing a source. So the Chudisha Godas answers the Ikarayim and Krakayim. He says, Enochanami, the main proof is from the Krakayim. So why is Rashi giving an example? Rashi's trying to say it's not like a, you shouldn't think it's a, it's a strange word and not a common word that's that's not used for selling. It's in the Krakayim. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's not Lashon Akadish, but in the Krakayim they use it, so that's what the Pasuk means. So Rashi's trying to tell us that this interpretation that it means that he acquired is not like a far-fetched pshat, and it probably, you know, pashat pshat would just mean buying. Rashi telling us, no, this is a, this, this could be pshat, this is a good pshat in the Pasik because there's other psukim in the Torah itself that uses uh, kira as a kinyan. So it's not a milazar. So Olai, the Rebbe says, you can answer the same thing here. Why does Rashi bring krakayam? He doesn't bring the psukim by shandvarim. It's because what is the ikaraya? The ikaraya of Rashi is really from the Krakayam. That this or the Krakayam called it Mechir, that's really the source. And that's how we know what the word also means in Hashem and Dvarim. 
So that would be an interesting answer. He's it's hard to say that way in Rashi Alatera, because when Rashi brings a pure a, a riot from the pure of Chazal and not a Pasik, he would write, I don't find any Chavah. So if he's bringing from the Chazal and not the Pharish and not from a Pasik, like in our scenario, he brings from the Chazal and he doesn't bring from even as a secondary proof uh, from, from the Psukim. But but over here it does say. So what, what should have Rashi have done? Rashi should have said is Prakahayam, and he should have talked about that first because that's the Ikariah. And then he should have said, Mutsasidlihaver, and I found the Khaver for this. And what's the Khaver? These other two places in Devarim and Haishea, that's what he should have done, and that's what he usually does. So why not? That's so so therefore, even if you want to ask, uh, you know, want to change the question, is it's not why does he bring a Maimar Khazal? Uh, he should have only have brought Pirashat Pesukim. So you can go into the question is, he should have brought all, he should have brought all of them. And continue. And if you're saying the Kavon of Rashi is just to say that it's not a Milazar. Meaning is, he says Kanisi, and then he says, look, it's not a Milazar. People still use it in the Krakayam. It's a very common expression. Therefore, he doesn't bother bringing from the Pesukim because uh, we know what the, what the word means. You don't need proofs for what it means. And he just wants to tell you it's not a Milazar, and then he, he proves that from the Krakayam. He says, Adraba. On the contrary, then he for sure would have brought the Pesukim. If his whole purpose is to tell you, it's not even to tell you the translation, it's just to tell you that it's not a Milazara, then for sure he should have brought the Pesukim that said Masasli Chavar, that within the Torah itself, we find that this word is being used. Okay, next to R I want to do is 26. So in the Pnim we said that, that the Yosef said that Albi Hashbi Aini Lamer. And he's trying to tell him how important it was this kever to Yaakov. So important that, that, that he has to be buried in Mitzrayim. He's a vefrat, shabedivrei, Yaakov, yoyse, v'gam b'dvar v'lashlatim lo'nemr zevikra, rak kratani b'kubwasim sholo avis. Ar kivro oisai, el avoisai. Shagam zel l'achar tamas v'kupari. In the Pesukim itself, if you look at what Yaakov tells Yosef, and also what he tells the Shvatim, he tells them, I want to be buried in the Kavur of the Avis. Meaning it seems like the main thing is that he wants to be buried with his forefathers. And, and we bring from the Ramban, the Ramban says that was the meaning, that people had bought the Kavurs for their family. And of course we know, especially in Mitzrayim, they had these, these, these mausoleums. So why doesn't he just tell that to Pare? He says, from this, that Yosef doesn't say that to Pare. It must be that this, what he does say, is, is a much better reason. That Ashekarisali is something that would convince Pare more. So therefore, you have those three interpretations why that would convince him more. Um, let's go to Ha'ara 38. No, not 38, 44, R44. So what we did in the Pnim is we brought the second interpretation, which was that in the Krakayam they call Mechira Akira, and the idea was that it's a large and important transaction. So the Rebbe says, it says, based on this, we can understand why he brings the Vort of Rabbi Akiva from Rosh Hashanah and not that Vort of Rabbi Yechanan 
from Masech Saita. The difference, the difference is that in the Gemara, in Rosh Hashanah, over there it's discussing words uh, that in the Torah that we didn't know, they didn't know the translation for. And it's because they went to the Krakayam, they were able to f- figure out what the translation was. Because many examples. And one of the examples is that Rabbi Kiva says that how do we know what the word, um, how do we know what this word means? It's because in the Krakayam, they would call this word. That's what he says. And, and, and what's the Nakim? Now we can know what the Pshad of the Pasuk is, Prisili. That Yaakov was saying that I bought this Kevin. But in the Gemara in Saita, it's, that's how it, that's in, in the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. It's basically just talking about words from Chumash that they're able to, or Tanakh, that they're able to know the meaning from, from the usage in the Krakayam. And the Gemara in Saita, that we already mentioned, is talking about the Sugi of Yaakov being buried. So it's a little bit funny. Why is it that um, Rashi is quoting Rabbi Kiva from Rosh Hashanah and not Yechanan from Masechah Saita? Masechah Saita is literally talking about the burial of, of Yaakov. It would have been a much more fitting type of source that from the Gemara, which it talks about the burial of Yaakov, it tells us that the word Kira means uh, sale. Wouldn't that have been much better? So the difference is, is because, so uh, in Devarim, he doesn't bring really either. He just brings Krakayam, they call Mechir Kira. He doesn't bring the whole thing of Rabbi Kiva. He also doesn't bring Rabbi Yechim. We'll see why the Barmi doesn't do either. Okay, but Frach is that Teichin is the Saitasham. Kuris Yaakov, Mars Machpelu, Kinyasam, Esmash, Ekim Roshan. He says, especially that was the whole Sugya in Saita. The Sugya was the acquisition of Yaakov, Mars Machpelu from Esmash, Mars Ekim Roshan. He has two stars. Let's just do that before we go on to Shua Gilian. He says, Roshan, it doesn't have the gear of Rabbi Akiva, it actually has the gear for Amar Rabbi. So, Rafalina Shirashi gives Acheris the Gemara. So Rashi had a different girsa. Rashi's girsa is Rabbi Akiva. And the, the Dukhle Svarim bring that girsa. But either way, it's Rabbi Akiva or Rabbi. The reason why he's bringing in this is, because, uh, as we'll see in a moment. Start And the Rebbe says it would be a doifik to answer that. Why does Rashi bring the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah before Saita? Because Rosh Hashanah is an earlier Masech that comes in Sechach's Moy. So he quotes the earlier Gemara, which tells us, the first time the Gemara tells us that Mechir means Kira. He says, that's a doichik. Because the Gemara in Saita is talking about the story of Yaakov's burial. So it would have been much more fitting to tell us the Gemara that talks about his burial tells us that this is the Pshat of the Pasuk. So why doesn't he bring the Gemara in Saita? He says, Ki, no yisif ala Pashat, the Barish Hashanah, the Messiah, the Mainach, the Minul of Ferusha, Shekhrisli, Mashenkim, Saitashah. He says, first of all, the Pashat Pshat is, because the Gemara Rosh Hashanah tells us, that we're telling you this, it's literally to explain this Pasuk. So the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, its whole purpose is to, to, to explain what the words of Shekharisili. So that could be one reason, because that, that's the purpose of the Gemara. It's coming to tell us the whole story of Yaakov's bear, but it's not coming to explain to us this Pasuk, even though it is explained. So he says, besides for that, Hari Allah, he says, if you look at the Lashon of, of, of in Saita, it, it doesn't say the same thing as Rabbi Kiva. All Rabbi Kiva says that when I went to the Krakayam, they would call Akira Mechira. But in Misafa Saita, it says that the Rabbi Yechanan said that Enkira Ella, the only translation of the word of Kira is Mechira. He says, but that doesn't fit according to Pshutta Shemikra. He says, because many places in Tadar we find that Kira doesn't mean burial. 
in our situation, according to the first shot we learned in Eschafira, Reliyah R8, where we bring from uh, from Aisheya and Devarim, that we also find that it's um, that it means a Khafira. Sorry, I skipped. Let me start again. Aleph, Adarech Abshat, Ein Leim Kibusay to Ein Kira B'Chol Mach Metayra Lashon Chira Neshechem Kraka Yam Kayon Mechira Kira. He says that Abshat, it doesn't fit to say that since the Gemara Tzait is telling us that how do we know that Kira in the Torah means Mechira? It's because in the Kraka Yam, that's how they use Mechira. So saying Ein Kira in the Torah, Kira could only mean Mechira. How do I know that Kira could only mean Mechira? Because that's what they use in, in the Kraka Yam. Why is that a proof? Maybe in the Torah it has multiple interpretations. So yes, in the Krakayam, all it means is Mechira. But how is that a proof then in the Torah that it always means Mechira? It doesn't prove it. Second one we just read is that we talk, do find in the Torah many times it does mean a Mechira. So it doesn't even completely make sense. What do you mean it only means Mechira? That's not true. We find that it means Chafira. And Gimel, Bonus Rashi Kanshu, Shini Rishus. He says, the point of Rashi we here is telling us that cure actually doesn't mean sell, selling. It means a shinir v'rashur, so every way that's done, if it's selling or buying, the point is that there is a transaction of two people. So in Gemara Rosh Hashanah, when he says, I went to the Krakayam and they called the Mechir Kira, you could say that's what the Pshad of what they meant over there is. I went to Mechira, they called the Mechira a sale. A sale means a, tra- a transaction, a sale, any sale. Is called the kira. Side inside the meicher, side inside the lochayach. So the mechira is called the kira. Both the buyer and the seller would use that that word. So you could explain it that way. But in the Gemara Saita, it's, it's talking about Esav arguing. Esav's arguing. He says, "Did I sell my regular portion?" in. So they says, "Yes, you did sell it." It's a kever which I bought. The Amr Rabbi and Rabbi Yechelen says, yes. Uh, sorry, Rabbi Yechelen says that Kira could only mean a Mechira. So from the Gemara saying that, did I sell it? And then Rabbi Yechelen saying that, in Kira, ala lash Mechira. So it would imply that it could only, it, you could translate it as meaning just a Mechira. That's the, the Mashmois of the Gemara. That Kira would actually literally mean a Mechira. It would not necessarily mean a transaction between two people. So I guess according to the Gemara, you'd have to say, in the kever which I, uh, which I had a sale for, or which was sold to me. I guess that's how you have to translate. in the kever which was sold to me, which isn't a, wouldn't fit so well with the with the grammar. Uh, three stars. He says, in the, this vort of Yechon is also brought in Chulin. And in the Gemara in Chulin actually adds to it. It says, And how do we know that? He brings it from the Kibbutzah so it seems like part of the way how Rabbi Yechonah knew what the word means is actually from our Pasuk. So it's understood why he doesn't want to bring the, the, the Vort of Rabbi Yechonah, because if you bring the Vort of Rabbi Yechonah, uh, Rabbi Yechonah seems like part of his proof was actually from, from our Pasuk. And it says, where he wants to say is that really the main shot is the Krakayam, and these other ones are secondary Pshatim. But Either way, I guess from the from this at the Gemara, one place Rabbi Yechonah brings it from the Pasuk, and another place brings it from Krakayan, it could it's not so clear what the main 
what the main source of what it means would be. What's the main proof? In one place, it sounds like the main proof is our pasik. You can't, you know, you bring our pasik to translate our pasik. That would be a circular type of proof. Uh, so therefore, you rather bring Rabbi Kiva that clearly only says it once and says it clearly from the Krakaya. So that is the, the, the bunch, really five reasons so far why he brings it from the Sechus Rosh Hashanah. Before we go right to Nisar, just skip to R46, where he brings another reason, and then we'll jump back to the R. According to what this explanation that we've given, we can add another reason why Rashi brings Rosh Hashanah, not Saita. Because over there, the Teichen of the Sugi is what he heard from the Krakaya. He says, over there, the whole purpose is explaining the words of the Krakaya. So since what is the main point of Rashi over here? Rashi's trying to tell us that the Krakayam, when they use certain words, that it meant a certain type of sale. It meant something. It had a certain usage. So by bringing what the Gemara from Rabbi Kiva, he's saying it's literally the same type of meaning as it's in in Rosh Hashanah, which we mean a Kenyan Hashem. Masha'in came in Soita, they're not necessarily, because you could say is, that what we're proving from, from, from the Krakayam is that Mechira, that Kira could mean a sale, and over there, Taka maybe means an important sale, but in our Pasuk, maybe it just means a regular sale. Meaning it's from this that we see that the word expression, Kira, can mean a sale, and in certain places, in, in Krakayim, they still use it, and maybe they use it for an important sale, but that, that doesn't necessarily mean everywhere else they use it as an important sale. So it's certainly just a proof that Kirisi comes from this idea, a Lashon at least, of selling. It's a Lashon of selling. Mash'en uh, came from Rosh Hashanah, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah over there, it's literally trying to explain how, what the, the, the exact usage is over there. So the Rashi is bringing that Gemara, he's trying to say it's, it's the same usage as it's being used in Rosh Hashanah, where it's translating literally word, not just bringing the word to try to prove what it would be in a different context. Star, uh, Shulagilion, you look in the Rashi over there, it says you sold, the, 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 when Esav was blocking, they said you sold the Bukhar. And he answers, yes, I sold the Bukhar, but he didn't tell the, the Shitusa. So Rashi tells us, what does it mean he sold the Bukhar? He tells us he sold the Bukhar, he says you sold the Bukhar, therefore you don't have a portion anymore in this uh, cavern. So what does that mean, you sold the Bukhar? The Bukhar was sold for a Nizid Adashim. That means that one of those, there's, there, there's a portion, there's two Kvarim. He's saying one of the Kvarim you sold for a Nizid Adashim, while the second one, you, 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 it's still mine. So it's, it seems like that, that, that the buying of this Bechor, at least one of the, um, one, one of the burial spots was for an Ezidah Nashim, which wasn't very Hashim. So, Redox is clearly that a Kirisili is that he bought this portion from Ezidah from an Ezidah Nashim. He says, obviously, this would not be a, 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 a Kenyan Chashif. So it seems like, maybe I'll add a little bit. So first, I'll add two things. So first of all, it's, what, what is the Rebbe trying to show us is from the very fact that one of the plots were bought, bought for Nezida Dashan. That means the second plot that might have, probably was also bought for something, not, not, not necessarily something which was very Chashif. One was bought for Nezida Dashan. That means when Asaph sold it, it was for a very important type of Kenyan. Yaakov had no problem buying the first cover for very little, so maybe the second cover too. 
you're saying that, oh, the others bought things for a lot of money but when they bought an heir to straw. That's clearly not the case over there. And furthermore, I think the Rebbe might be trying to say is, and maybe this is also the Redox chat, is that when, the, when Ace of Soul said, I only sold my Bechor, but that I sell my, my, my regular portion, so some portion want to learn it means is that, you know, that, that, that was a second transaction. It says, yes, you also sold that, and we bring, and they, we have a letter to show that that was a second transaction that you sold also the Pshitusa. And that's Papashas how the Gemara learns. But I think, I think you could also learn the Gemara a little bit differently, is that we're trying to say is, yes, when you sold the Bechaira, you sold both portions. You sold your Bechela Bechor and your Shutusa. And therefore, they have a letter saying Shekhar recently that he bought everything, that they had a letter proving the sale that he, he sold everything to Asa. I'm not sure if that is the shop, but maybe that'd be one of the ways of learning it. But either way, that definitely would be um, um, another proof why he doesn't want to bring the Gemara from, from Saita. Uh, the back in the R forty-six says, so especially since that in the by Yochanan in the Sachaskul it doesn't even bring Shekhain Bakrakayam. So from from this that it doesn't bring the Krakayam, that shows that he's not he's not specifically trying to tell us that Kira means an important sale. Because in Hulan it just brings it from the Pasik, which from there we don't know if it's an important sale or not. So it might be that Rabbi Yechon is just trying to say that here means a sale. And we see that I mean, Kriyakayam, he means an important sale. So therefore, by us, it could just mean a regular sale. So, uh, and that would make sense according to the Moran Hulan, where it doesn't even bring the Krakayam. It just tells us uh, the Pasik Asher Kirisili. So that would, again, show that Kirisi, according to Rabbi would just mean a regular sale. Ashenking, according to Rabbi Kiva, it, it would seem like he's trying to say, he's saying what Kirisi means in the Krakayam. So therefore, Rashi wants to bring what it literally means in the Karakayam, because that's relevant to Pshut HaShemikra. That what he's trying to say is that when Yosef said it, Yosef meant it as the Karakayam. Uh, so the, not like how the Gemara and Saita uh, would learn it. Okay, go back to Ara 44. So he says, So in Gemara Dvarim, it also uses that So it doesn't bring the whole Hemshech of the story of Rabbi Akiva that I went to the Karakayam. All it says is that it's a Lushen uh, Mekach, and he brings our pasuk. So he just brings it much shorter. He says, "Why?" It's not really relevant the vort of Rosh Hashanah that he that dafka that he's coming to explain Asher Kirisili. In the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, it says that wiser Bikiva, he went to Krakayam, and through him going, now we're able to translate the pasuk Asher Kirisili. We're not in, in Devar, we're not translating that Pasik. That's the Pasik in Vayechi. So he doesn't have to bring the Vort of Rabbi Kiva because Rabbi Kiva is not coming to explain that Pasik. So that was one of the answers we gave earlier that why are we quoting Rosh Hashanah? Because he's literally coming to explain that Pasik. Here he's not coming to explain that Pasik. So he doesn't need to bring uh, Rabbi Kiva when he went to the Krakayam. And Bez, there is no other. Pirish in, in the Pasuk and Devarim. It can't mean dug, like that, that he dug he dug water from them with money. It doesn't make sense over there. It means that they bought, they, they said we will buy water from you, from the people that day. Therefore, what Rashi needs to do is he has to show that this is a regular usage of the word. Therefore, he brings Shechem Bekraka Yom He just brings this idea of that, you know, this is how it's being used. He brings the whole word to Rekiva. It says, when I went, meaning I went one time and that he called it Kira. So by saying that, 
it, it, it implies that uh, he, he only heard that one time. So it, was this a usage that was very common in the crack AM or was it just that particular week, that year that they used it? So by Rashi not bringing the whole idea, he's telling us how does he learn the Pshat that this was something which is common. So that's what his point is. In, in the Devarim, he's trying to say this is a regular usage. So he just brings the words that would, would, would emphasize it's a regular usage. So bringing the words of Rabbi Kiva, Kshalakti, that could be thought, could be taught to learn that maybe it, was, it, was, it wasn't uh, something which was common. So if he doesn't bring that, those exact words, which could be learned incorrectly, he just brings that that's how it was taught and used. Do Shula Gillian, four stars. Another pshat could just say is that he already brought the whole word of Rabbi Kiva in our parsha in length. So when he quotes it in Dvarim, he just brings it in short. That could be another pshat. Okay. So over there, Targum Unkles, he translates the pasuk. It says, "We will buy kasev, we'll buy food from them with kasev, also buy water from them." With money and we will drink. So Rash, so the Targ Unkelin translates the passage like this: that Ibrum Tzidun Inhaim Bekaspa, food we will, or grain we will purchase from them with silver, the Seichel, and we will eat. The Afmaya Tichkun Minhaim Bekaspa Besishtun. Other Girsai says Tizbenun, but the main Girsai of the Targ that we have is that we will Tichkun from them Kesef with Kesef and we will drink. So he's translating Tichru as Tichrein. So the first time he translates. Uh, the word tishburu he says is buying tizmenu buying, but then when he gets to our word tichru he says he translates it as tichrain. So it would imply that it doesn't if you, if it meant selling or buying it should have also used the same word because in Aramaic the word tizmenu means um, acquiring. So why doesn't he use the word acquiring for the word tichru? So that would imply that Targumunkulus is actually learning even in Devarim that the word means digging, which is hard to understand. Especially since we just said that there is no other peerage for this word. Right, there isn't, as I said, there is a nusach that says tizmunun, but no muschai says the word tizmunun. So we say according to this, especially since at the beginning of the targum, he uses the expression that you will buy from them tizmunun. She perushin lashon chafira. Muchu kamezesh v'toldos targum unkulis crew. In the shpatim shamich, especially if you look at toldos by by the digging of the bears, he uses a crew, and also by mishpatim by the digging of the pit, he uses zichra. So clearly, this word zichra in Aramaic means digging. So what does this mean? Sheyifu hamayim bekarkashalam that they will dig the water in their own ground. This is also how the Shach translates, but it's not, not all Derech Shach. Means the Shach is explaining, it's basically saying it's like a remez or a nevur for the future. There will come a time that the Jewish people will be in Gaulis, and they're going to have to, they're going to dig their own wells of water, and they're still going to have to pay for their water. I mean, they're going to dig it, and they're still going to have to pay the price. So at certain points of history, I guess that happened. You know, they, they, they didn't found water, they dug water, but it's still every liter they took out of the well, they still have to pay the noble, uh, you know, they found it, but they still have to pay for whatever they found and they bring up from the well to, to the noble. So you see that, that's what the Shach learns about the future. So this is how Targum would learn it. He learned it that they will dig their own wells, but they'd still pay the people of Esau, the Bedouin, for whatever water they take out of those wells. He says, 
the Nisifal said the Lashem Itam Enim Siyashu Papis. He says, but first of all, he says, in addition to this, that the word Itam doesn't fit so well. Also, the water that you will dig from them. So you're not really digging it from them, you're digging it from the ground which belongs to them. So it's not Nisiyashiv so well that they dug from them, you're not digging it from them, you're digging it yourself in their land. Doesn't doesn't fit so well with the word Itam. But he says, in addition to that, one of the rules of Targum Unkelos is he, he likes to he doesn't like he doesn't like using the same word uh, to what, the same translation on Pasik if the Torah uses two different words. So even though in both places it means buying, Tishru and Tishru both mean buying, but since the Torah uses two different expressions, so Unkelos will also use two different expressions for the same idea. And, and I guess that but you know you, you could say it's poetic license if you want to give a real shot answer it's poetic just like the Torah uses two different expressions why because it's being more poetic like we find in Tanakh and so the David mentions this idea many times that the, that the, the Tanakh says something in the same Pasuk in two different ways it's capable of shyness it, it's saying it twice it's more poetic to you know to, it basically it's, it's stressing this idea with different words so also here maybe say it's poetic or maybe there is a certain different connotation in the words even though they're both mean buying but there is a certain different connotation of the type of acquisition so therefore just like the tire there's a somewhat of a different it both means buying but it means certain you know it could be a different uh, it could be a different little bit of a different translation therefore also Targum translates a little bit different which would express the differences uh, in the usage just one last ara ara actually two more aras no, no, actually, three, three more. Our fourth. The next two hours will just be the, uh, uh, in the other places where Rashi kind of mentions this idea of of um, kricha, of akira, of, 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 of digging, kriesi. Our forty-seven. He says, He says in Dvarim, he doesn't call it a medrash. He just says it's a lashon of mekach. Because in Krakayan they call it. So why doesn't he say that it's a medrash? So we just explain in the Pnim, because it's not a medrash, the translation. The medrash is the usage of this is what Ye- Yosef was trying to tell Pare, that it was, A, that it means, doesn't just mean buying, it means a king in Chashiv, which is not Mucha from the Pasuk. Because again, just because in Krakayan they mean it as a king in Chashiv, it doesn't mean everywhere else they meant it as a king in Chashiv. And furthermore, Labdafka, that's what Yosef Ye- Ye- was trying to tell Pare, that it was a king in Chashiv. By the way, in Devarim, it doesn't need to tell you that it's a medrash because it's not. It's just giving you the pashup shot. And this is nice as all pashup. Furthermore, there is no other way of translating it. So you can't say it's a medrash. What other way are you translating that word? It must mean chafir. But he says, it's a little bit of a question. Why does he say, why does he have to bring the words, the krakayam? Why does he have to tell us on the krakayam? This is what the word means. Um, he should have just translated it as a chafira. Why does he have to bring it that it's the krakayam they use it? I mean, according to what we're saying, that by telling us it's the krakayam, it's stressing a certain type of chashivas to it. Well, over here, you're not stressing that chashivas. Um, so why bring krakayam? And if it's just for a proof of, we find this thing also in the Torah, then you can just bring you know, bring the pasuk from Yechi, bring the pasuk from, if it's in the Varm, bring the pasuk from Aishaya. Why bring the krakayam if it's not really relevant to the type of Acquisition. He leaves it as a tzarchin ksas. I guess I guess a tzarchin ksas could be. You know, we did have the marshal that wants to say that this is maybe the main proof. 
But even with that, I mean, once Rashi already brought it in Parshish Vayichi, that's the Krakayam. Why did he have to bring it a second time? He already brought the whole Hemshech of how we know what the word means. So why bring it a second time in Vayichi? So if you want to say that we don't remember what the word means, so just bring it to Kitzur, it means uh, a, a acquisition. But to bring the whole thing, or part of it, the Krakayam, would be somewhat extra. Stan, I'll just point out, the Rebbe doesn't ask this anywhere, but in Parshish Toilus, where it says, that they, they dug the, the that the Avde uh, Yitzchak dug a pit and used the word also tifro. Rashi doesn't translate it there the first time, so it seems like that that that's a word that we know already the translation. So the Rebbe doesn't quote why over here. I mean, it's a, it as a question why if it's a word that's so understood. Vaharai the first time it mentions it, it doesn't translate it. So why in Devarim doesn't need to translate it? In Parshas Vayechi, he has to tell us because as, as we said, there's other issues going on. What's the issue in Parshas Devarim that it has to bring it. And maybe I'll give an answer. It's because you maybe because already had at the beginning of the Pasik this idea of Tishpura. So why does it say a second type of word? It doesn't use the same idea. It says Tishpura food and then Tishpura water. So why does it use a different word? So Rashi Salva says, no, nonetheless, it really means the same thing. Maybe that's why. He wants to tell us it still means the same thing. It still means buying. It can't mean Khafir, as we already mentioned earlier, because Khafir doesn't really fit so well in the context. Okay, Ha'ara 50. So Vayigash, this is in Perakman Vav, Pasig Vav. It says that when Yaakov and his children went to Mitzrayim, it says that they took all their livestock and all their property, which they, they, they got in Eretz Kanaan, and they went to Mitzrayim, Yaakov and all his children. So Rashi says, they brought the property that had gone in Eretz Kanaan, but what they got from Padan Aram, meaning by Lavin, he gave it all, Nasana called Esav, gave it all to Esav because of his portion of the Marson of Pela. And he said, the Nifte Chutzarts are not Kedayim. They, they have no Chashivas to me. Therefore, he says, take them all. I don't even want them. I don't want to remain in my Rishos. And this is the Pshad and the Pasuk, that he, what he did was, he set up piles of gold and silver like a Kri, and he says, Talos Ela. So that's what the Pasuk means in the Yigash, that they took only the property from Canaan. But when we took him Padaram, he gave it all to Asaph for his portion of the Mars Machpelah, and then he translates the Pasik, our Pasik Shekhrisili, that it means a Kri. So the question the Rebbe is asking, why doesn't he say that that's a Medrash? This that it's a Kri is for sure a Medrash. According to all the different prints of Rashi, the third shot is definitely a Medrash, that Kris, the Pashat of the word Kirisi is not a is not a Kri. But Rashi quotes it in this Divramasa Shekhrisi. It doesn't even tell you that this translation is a Medrash. He says, the reason why is he's not coming to explain the Pasuk. Rather, what he's trying to do is he's trying to explain the Pasuk there. That, that Asher means because he gave everything else away. So therefore, he brings the Pasuk. So therefore, since it's not the place where he's bringing Asher he doesn't bother telling you that it's, that it's a Medrash. Because he only would tell you that it's a Medrash, that this, this if, if he's coming to explain that Pasuk. Here, he's explaining something else. And as a, and he brings a proof that this is what it means over there, and or the proof of that. So therefore, since it's just bringing it as a proof, but not actually being used to try, he's not trying to explain the pasuk there. He doesn't tell you that it's from a medrash because that's not relevant. And of course, when we get to the pasuk shikar recently, then Rashi will give you uh, all the details. And as we explained another another time, Rashi sometimes will explain a pasuk according to one of the pshatim, even though in the main spot, he might explain it in two or three different ways. 
So don't ask, why is Rashi saying over here that Zehu Asher Kirisli, it means a Kri, while in Parshish Vayichi, he gives three translations. The reason is because Rashi will bring the Pshat which is relevant to that spot. Over here, what's relevant is that he gave everything away to Padanara. So therefore, this way of translating the Pasuk would fit very well with that interpretation. Therefore, he brings it. That, but I, I, I would assume that according to the first two Pshat of Rashi, this would not be a proof. So they might still hold of what Rashi is saying that he gave everything away, but he wouldn't have a proof from Asher Karisili. But according to the third shot, then he actually, you know, this, this, this would fit very well. There would even be a proof for this concept. But again, that's why Rashi brings it, because uh, Rashi will do that when, when it fits better according to that. So according to this interpretation, it, fits, it makes that shot much stronger in that particular place. Okay, R51. Ula Yesh Leimar. In our Pasek, the Unkulus translates it that you prepared it for me. But, but the Targum Yoinusim translates it that you dug it for me, like Rashi's first shot. So, so we know our Unkulus is much more closer to the literal translation, while the Targum Yoinusim will explain the Toichen of the Psukim, and he'll adwords explain the context. And also he'll bring in Chazal. So why does he not translate it so literally as the Targum? He says, you will prepare for me, which is not a literal translation. He says, because the word Chafarti um, doesn't fit so well, as we mentioned, it doesn't fit with the word Li. Therefore, he prefers to translate that you prepared it, for, that 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 it was prepared for me, that the cover that was prepared for me, because then it makes sense why it says Li, because it means prepared. So according to this, um, the way how he's understanding it is that it's not, it not necessarily means a, he says, what, which I dug, which was Karisa, which was dug for me. So what Targum Unkulus is trying to say is it doesn't mean literally that was dug for me, but it's a way of speaking, that this was the cover that which was prepared for me. So like, a, like so that was an, ex, it's more of an expression he's trying to say. It's not a literal, can't translate that he literally dug it because it doesn't fit with the word Lee. It also doesn't fit that he would have dug it, you know, over 20 years before he passed away, as we mentioned, another issue with that shot. Therefore, he says it means it was prepared for me. So it doesn't mean literally digging. And then it fits better with the word Lee. So we're just focusing more on the idea that it says Lee. Yeah, dug for it. It's extra. So he's saying, no, it means it was prepared for me. But Yenus wants to explain the Toichen, the purpose. What Yois is trying to say is he's trying to convince Pari. Therefore, he says that Yaakov dug it himself. But this that it's prepared, it was prepared for me, doesn't show on the Khashivas. It's like everybody else has a kever that's prepared. The only Khashivas is that most people maybe don't have a kever until after they pass away. You're saying it's already prepared, I already have a spot designated. But the truth is, even nowadays, people uh, buy uh, pieces of land for, for their burial. So, you know, so the truth, so, so therefore, it's what doesn't really show on any Khashivas, but it does fit well with the Lushan of Lee. In Toldus, in Mishpatim, he doesn't translate it as Chafira or as buying. He uses this other expression, which means uh, hidden. That he says either it's a Girsa change, and it shouldn't say Chafiru or Yachpar, so change the Sama for a Reish, or he says that it can mean hidden, and the idea is because a, a pit, you're basically. Um, it's something when you're trying to find something which was hidden. I mean, why are you digging a pit? You're trying to find water, let's say. So you're digging the pit to find water. 
So you're trying to find something which was hidden there. Uh, you know, by, by Yitzchak, for sure, he was trying to find water. Even in the case of Mishpatim, it doesn't say why he was digging a pit, but it, it could be a, one of the common purposes of digging a pit was that they were trying to find water or trying to find oil, who knows? Trying to find precious stones. Uh, of course, there's another purpose of, of having a pit was just to store things in. But again, a, a common purpose was to find water and other things. Therefore, that became the translation in Aramaic for digging was yachbatz, it means digging, because it's digging for, to find something which was hidden. Okay, everyone have a fantastic Shabbos.